Welcome to Mulready Minutes with Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. This is a podcast about insurance for insurance folks, risk managers, and business leaders. We'll dive deep and look at what is and isn't working, talk to leaders in the industry, and keep you informed on what's happening in Oklahoma and around the country. We are thrilled to have with us today uh, Angela Abels uh, coming with another Mulready Minutes podcast. Uh, good to be with you, and uh, we're just thrilled to have Angela. It's a little bit different than uh, our normal one in that uh, typically we are focusing on a specific topic. This is a little more general. Uh, Angela has been at it for a while in the state of Oklahoma and the insurance world. Um, very, very well respected, and so we're just thrilled to, to have you on. Welcome, Angela. Thank you, Commissioner. I'm delighted to be here. Okay. Well, let me just quickly start off so folks that don't know you, uh, it has to be someone out of the state for sure, but um, quick bio. Uh, Angela's the director and president of the firm Kerr, Irvine, Rhodes, and Abels. She practices, her practice focuses on regulatory law, and for over 30 years, she's represented and advised the insurance industry uh, and attended entities in regulatory matters, administrative proceedings, transactional matters, strategic legal issues, litigation, and appellate matters. She served as the Assistant Attorney General for the State of Oklahoma from 1976 to 1979. That's when I was going to insert that joke, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) After serving as the Attorney General's Administrative Assistant from 72 to 76. She also served as the Deputy Insurance Commissioner at the Oklahoma Insurance Department from 1979 to 1985. She left the State of Oklahoma employment in 1985 to join the law firm. Uh, Kerr Irvine Rhodes, and in 1988, she became a partner uh, with that firm. Uh, She represents, I don't want to read the whole thing, but she represents uh, third-party administrators, brokers, captives, uh, producers, adjusters. Uh, Basically, Angela's in our office a lot (laughs) because she just does a lot of regulatory work and has a lot of uh, key clients, some really good insurance clients. So, Angela, welcome. We are thrilled to have you with us. Um, Let me just get right into it. Um, We we gave the the, uh, intro there, but talk, it mentioned in there that you were at the department in our world. So talk about that, would you? I loved my time at the department. I had a uh, wonderful... um, six and a half years at the department, um, was the chief deputy, and some of the times was acting general counsel during that time too because it was the oil boom and we had trouble keeping lawyers because they could pay so much more than we could at that Uh time. But it was a wonderful opportunity. Uh, I've worked in federal government and in state government and let me just say I love state government. (laughs) I won't I won't diss our federal government, but I do love state government. I think it's the closest to the people, uh, provides the best services to our people. And um, I was in two state agencies, the AG's office and, and the insurance department, and loved my tenure in both. Good. Well, you're welcome back anytime if you want to make that <laughs> jump back. So. <laughs> if only you would have me. So, Angela, you... Uh, the majority of your work, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is interacting with regulators like us, but also other states I know. So tell me about um, some of that work uh, with regulators, as well as what other states you might work with uh, in those arenas. I've had the uh, opportunity of working with a number of states. Uh, I have to be careful because I'm not licensed in other states, but I obviously do have out-of-state clients. 
uh, who do business here in Oklahoma. And then I represent a number of domestics here in Oklahoma, domestic insurers. Um, I do, I have flown to other states to accompany the president of a company or um, whatever the case may be that we have a filing before another um, insurance department to give them an opportunity to talk across the table and get answers to any questions that the department may have because first and foremost we've got to remember that the insurance department is comprised of regulators and that's their job is to regulate and make mm -hmm. sure that the um, policies that go out and the fair treatment of consumers is always uppermost in their minds. So I have had an opportunity to work with other commissioners. Um, years ago, we um, started uh, a Federation of Regulatory Council, which is lawyers like myself who do basically nothing else but regulatory law throughout the United States. because. I have a, a client in New York. Well, I'm not going to go to New York because I don't know New York statutes, but there's a person who's passed the examination just like I have, and I can send that client with some confidence that they'll take care of them. So I've gotten to work with other regulators um, through my years, <laughs> and I will say that Oklahoma's department is, and my clients say this too, is so great to work with. We don't always agree, but they are great to work with, and they're good people. There was no money exchanged for that comment whatsoever. That, not at all, no. <laughs> so tell me then, um, because your firm does other work as well. Correct. And so uh, sort of walk through regulatory practice versus private practice uh, with businesses and some of the positives and negatives of both sides. Okay. Well, we do a little bit of everything. If it, if it looks, acts, or smells like insurance – we kind of are a boutique firm that handles that. My law partner uh, is the executive director and general counsel of the Oklahoma Life and Health Guarantee Association, which is a an organization or an association which the department created by statute to take care of insolvent insurers once they become insolvent and to pay claims up to a specified amount, a limit, to policyholders who have coverage in the insolvent uh, company. He, he administers that and he acts as general counsel. Um, and I do pretty much everything else. I back him up on the Guarantee Association, but I represent insurance companies, both property, casualty, and life. I represent agents when they get in trouble with the insurance department. I represent brokers. Um, TPAs. I do a little bit of everything if it relates to licensure, licensure or if it relates to getting licensed. Uh, a lot of people don't know what to do, mm -hmm. uh, and I tell them the department will help you through the licensure process. They will tell you what they need. And uh, you don't really need to call me for that because there's a public servant waiting to help you on that. <laughs> but you are very familiar with the Form A. <laughs> I am very familiar with the Form A, which is an acquisition of an Oklahoma domestic insurer, as you know. And uh, the department, the statute mandates that the commissioner approve any change of control of a domestic insurer. And that requires not only a filing, which at times I have carried in on dollies, literally, in boxes, and uh, which requires a hearing. 
and you have always appointed an independent hearing examiner to hear those matters, uh, an administrative law judge, and um, the one who normally does it is a former judge, uh, district judge. So he listens to it and determines the department makes a recommendation but it's his decision as as you know and the statute gives him that authority once you appoint him to hear that and um, i would say that um, i have done a fair amount of form a's uh, of the ones who that have been done mainly because i understand it mm -hmm. i understand what the department expects i understand what they want what they want to see in a filing and uh, it's easier and honestly quicker if I do it rather than someone learning to do it. Yeah. So uh, how about uh, on the negative side? Or tell us, tell us about some negative interactions <laughs> or sticky issues you've dealt with in that role. And well, the, the negative issues are um, you always want to represent your client uh, zealously. That's one of the canons um, of ethical responsibility. And in doing that, you can't do that if they don't tell you what's going on. I don't know how to represent someone who hasn't been forthright mm -hmm. with me. Um, I can't. And um, sometimes it'll be as simple as they should have picked up the phone and called me before they did a transaction that y'all would have approved immediately, like putting money in the company just infusing an additional million dollars. And they think, well, we, that, that doesn't require approval. Well, it does. Anything relating to the financial matters of an insurance company requires your approval. And if they just pick up the phone, call me and say, hey, we're getting ready to do this, I would have said, wait, we have to file an affiliate transaction, get it approved before you can do that. And that's frustrating when they don't tell you. Mm -hmm. And so you learn after the fact, and then you're hurriedly dropping everything else and making a filing so that the financial division can review it. It's also, um, it's frustrating when people, when some clients don't tell you all the truth. Um, you, you can't represent a person who's untruthful and they get one shot at that. Mm -hmm. And if I find out they've been untruthful with me, then you can always fire them as a client. And I've done that mm -hmm. numerous times. And then there's the, the sticky part of having a reputation that I want you and your staff to feel good about. When I bring something out, I want them to know that I've done my due diligence on this person, that the filing is correct and truthful, just like if you file something in a court, because that's basically what you are, a quasi-judicial mm -hmm. um, entity. And I want to keep that reputation clean and I've turned down a lot of folks because they didn't pass my test my smell test mm -hmm. um, because I my reputation for the past few years <laughs> more than a few um, since I've probably been doing this longer than anybody uh, that practices before you um, means a lot to me yeah well I, that has served you well right I mean, I, coming from this side you know your your reputation and the respect that you have uh, and by you just walk through how you've done that and kept that at uh, being selective and making sure you're dealing with truthful people so that has served you very well Thank you. Um, if you were had a young aspiring attorney and they're thinking man do I want to go towards this regulatory path or what advice would you have well if I were a young lawyer again I would say go work for state government honestly it is a wonderful 
training ground. You see a little bit of everything. Um, I think the AG's office and the insurance department are great opportunities because you do see a little bit of everything. In the, in the insurance department, you see so many financial transactions. I mean, I took accounting, but I learned accounting at the insurance department. And I mean, I, I truly got uh, conversant with the terms, the uh, statutory uh, terms. And I learned more there than I learned in undergraduate. Uh, but the undergraduate certainly helped, but then I went into, you know, there's a difference between gap and statutory accounting, and insurance companies are governed by statutory accounting, so it's a little different nuance. And that's where I learned it, was at the insurance department. Um, I think you get to see so many, I mean, we're dealing with some of the largest corporations in the world. And you deal with them every day, um, the insurance companies that do business in our state, all the way down to a smaller insurance company uh, in Oklahoma that only does business in Oklahoma, and you have to treat all those the same. Um, but I would say if you're a young lawyer, go work for state government for a while. Yeah. It's a wonderful opportunity. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think a lot of people out there don't, I mean, they think of the insurance department even as insurance only. And there is so much more, which we've covered previously that, that we oversee, but there really is quite a, a breadth of, I mean, from, um, you know, in Oklahoma insurance department, real estate appraisers, right. um, cemetery trusts, right. pharmacy benefit managers. There's just quite a bit uh, throughout there that you can get exposed to. So, okay, now as we kind of are wrapping up, <clears throat> looking ahead, We've joked that you've been at it for a while. Now look ahead another 30, 40 years. What do you see changing within the industry or with regulators or your thoughts on that? Well, 30 or 40 years I won't be here. So I can say anything and, and not feel bad about being wrong. So um, I think, you know, the insurance industry, I've seen it evolve in the past since I've been involved in it. I, um, represented the insurance department at the AG's office, so I've really been doing this since 1976. And I've seen a lot of changes. I've seen the NEIC become more involved, and I've seen our department professionalize so much, I mean, over the past years. Um, and we've got such a great, you've got such a great team. I say we, because I still feel a little bit a part of the department. Mm -hmm. but. I can see some changes coming, and I just hope uh, and pray that it will stay with state government. I do worry about the feds trying to take over, you know, regulation because obviously insurance does cross state lines. Uh, we've always had the McCarran-Ferguson Act that exempted insurance, the business of insurance from interstate commerce. That is starting to be chipped away a little bit by the courts. But when I was the chief deputy commissioner, I had to try to figure out whether we regulated MEWAs, Multiple Employer Welfare Arrangements, mm -hmm. and no one really knew. So I sent a young lawyer to D.C. At, with help from our senators to have a meeting with the people that were supposedly the Department of Labor, supposed to regulate these because they were writing basically health insurance on people mm -hmm. in Oklahoma, and we were getting a lot of complaints. And my young lawyer walked in there to a room the size of, of a uh, gymnasium with just file cabinets and file cabinets. And he said, those are all the MIWAs that have filed with us. Do they regulate them? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. 
if it looks, acts, smells like insurance, it ought to be in, under you. It ought to be under the insurance department. And in my hope, it will remain with state government because I don't think the feds are the closest to the folks, and I don't think they have the wherewithal to regulate what you do, like you just mentioned. <clears throat> Yeah. so many different entities that are close to insurance but not insurance specifically that are under your jurisdiction yeah well and we have been <clears throat> guarding against that it's i know you front have. and center with the neic and um you know i think the state regulatory environment has served us well uh, a transplant to oklahoma like me can tell you how different different states are i mean sure. the state of oklahoma is quite different from the state of California or the state of New York, and and the people want that difference. Thank goodness. And yes. So, yeah. So at any rate, that that's uh, that's helpful to hear. Well, thank you for uh, that, Angela. And uh, I just want to thank you for I don't know peeling back the curtain a little bit into the regulatory legal world and uh, giving everyone a glimpse of that. So we've sure enjoyed having you here. And so that about wraps it up for this edition of the Mulready Minutes podcast. And uh, we will catch you next time. If you found this episode informative, please subscribe and share with your colleagues. Visit oid.ok.gov slash podcast. Let us know what topics you would like to hear about on this podcast. Until next time, take care from the Oklahoma Insurance Department.